watchful brown eyes. Ludubel was peering round Cook's apron when the creature caught sight of her and stopped. The wheel stopped too, and the spit stopped turning. Ear bones, bellowed Cook. Don't stop, or the Duchess's joint won't get done in time for tea. Then I'll be after you with me wooden spoon, and it's a beating you'll get, and no supper for a month. Bones began walking in his wheel again, while Cook went off to the pantry for a sack of flour. Lulu Bell edged closer. What are you? she asked. How did you get in there? Don't they feed you? I'm a dog, said the creature. Same as you, me loveliness. Only I ain't a fancy breed, just a plain working dog. I'm Cook's turnbrooch. My job's to walk around this treadmill all day so it turns a spit. Come nightfall, the joint's done. Then Duchess is happy, the cook's happy, and when cook's happy, I get a bone for my tea. That's why I'm called Bones. The dog before me were called Scraps. Lulubelle couldn't believe her ears. Me? A dog? Like that scrawny creature? She stared curiously at Bones. He was quite handsome in a lean, scruffy kind of way. The hair across his shoulders shone brown in the firelight. There was a bold wag to his tail, and he sported a magnificent bushy moustache. But isn't it awfully boring, having nothing to do all day but work? she asked. Bones stopped for a second to scratch. Don't rightly know your beautiness. Never thought. Don't know any other sort of life. Besides, don't it get awful boring having nothing to do all day but play? Lulu Bell admitted she hadn't thought about it either. Look out, Bones yelped. Here comes Cook. Lulu Bell to the rescue. Lulu Bell turned and fled without waiting to catch sight of Cook. Out of the kitchen, along the passage, up the stairs, through the doorway, across the entrance hall, up the grand staircase, through the purple ballroom to the south wing, the east wing, and along the gallery to the pink drawing room. There you are! The Duchess woke with a snort and stretched. I must have dozed off. Here, have a petit four. No? Then let's play. Where did you put your ball? But Lulubel refused to play. She couldn't bear the thought of playing while poor Bones was in the kitchen working his paws off. Besides, she had a great deal to think about. Me? A dog? She couldn't get her head around the idea. Why had the Duchess never told her? Why had she never seen another dog? And why had she been pampered and petted while other dogs had to work so hard for their living? She whimpered thinking of Bones and his poor, tired paws. That night, she didn't touch the morsels the Duchess popped on her plate. She sniffed them, but turned her head away. The Duchess thought Lulubel was ailing and put her to bed. Lulubel curled up on her cushion. Oh, Bones, she sighed, you poor dear. And to think, I'm a dog too. Meanwhile, in the kitchen... Cook had opened the treadmill and dragged Bones out by the tail. He slunk across the floor and slumped, exhausted, in his corner. For the first time in his life, he didn't feel like gnawing the old bone Cook tossed him. How will I ever be able to concentrate now, he thought.
that goddess came floating in here, a vision of loveliness, with her hair done up in them little pink bows, and I can't think of nothing else. The next day, Lulu Bell refused to eat her creme caramel for breakfast. The Duchess rang for Cook. Cook took off her apron, straightened her mob cap, and thumped along the passage, up the stairs, up the fire escape, past the servants' quarters, to knock on the door of the blue morning room. Lulu Bell's a bit pale this morning, said the Duchess. Make some little delicacies to tempt her with. Meringues, perhaps. Cook, red-faced and panting, bobbed a curtsy. Yes, Your Grace. I'll do my best. But, begging your pardon, I'm having a bit of trouble myself. Really? The Duchess was more interested in tying Lulu Bell's bows. Is that turnbrooch? Cook continued. He's a real lazy bones. I had to push him into his treadmill this morning. Didn't want to work at all. Lulu Bell sat up with a yelp. He's ill, she thought. He needs me. I must fly to him at once. Throwing off the fur rug, she jumped from her cushion, dashed across the Persian carpet, and out the door of the morning room. The Duchess was dumbstruck. She and Cook stared open-mouthed, but by the time the Duchess had cried, Stop! Come back! Lulubelle was gone. Taking a shortcut, she sprinted past the Duchess's mauve bedroom, past the green drawing room and the suit of armour, down the second staircase, across the back hall, through the doorway, down the stairs, along the passage, and into the kitchen. Bones, my darling, I've come for you. The maids looked up in alarm. They stopped sifting and kneading to grab Lulubelle, but she was too quick. Darting between their skirts, she jumped over their boots and rushed for the treadmill. She tugged and pulled the catch with her teeth until it sprang open. In one leap, Bones was by her side. Oh, my little darling, he murmured. I knew you'd come. We haven't a moment to lose. I fear the Duchess and Cook will be hard on our heels. Then quick, follow me. They sprinted through the pantry, past the cool room, and through the scullery with the maids close behind. But Lulu, Bell and Bones were already out of the door and into the kitchen garden. Then over the lawns they went, scattering peacocks, past the seahorse fountain, over the Chinese bridge, around the ornamental lake, and down the driveway to the gates of Dingleby Hall. Then they dashed out onto the road to freedom, without once looking back. Alone and hungry. On they ran, past fields, over stiles and under hedges, past sheep that stared, cows that chewed, and horses that nodded. They raced over stone bridges with mossy sides, past noisy flour mills, through villages of cobbled streets and thatch-roofed cottages. Then, for a change, they left the road and ran through fields of barley, until at last they came to a crossroads, and stopped to catch their breath. Lulubelle had lost one of her pink bows, and her coat was a mess. I must look dreadful, she exclaimed. Not to me, my treasure. There was a signpost nearby. How are you at reading, my thoughtfulness? asked Bones. I can read a little. I used to sit on the Duchess's lap while she read the newspaper. That sign pointing down the hill says, Chipping Sodbury. The one pointing to the woods says Morton in Marsh. Over that way is Stowe on the Wold. 
That sign points to London, and that says Bath. Oh, I don't like the sound of Bath, said Bones. I'd like to see London, said Lulu Bell. The Duchess often talked about it. Then London it is. But five hundred miles is an awfully long way, without a carriage. Carriage? I've never been in a carriage in my life, scoffed Bones, his moustache bristling. Shank's pony'll do us fine. Lulu Bell looked anxious. Shank's pony? It means we walk, beloved. Whatever you say, dear. Lulu Bell gritted her teeth, but she was determined to keep going now they'd come so far. So they took the road to London. At first they scampered, then they trotted, then they finally trudged along. Bones's paws were tough from years on the treadmill, but Lulu Bell's steps grew slower as her paws got sorer, until eventually she sank down by the roadside. I can't walk another step, she whimpered. Bones licked her face. Sit and rest, beloved. I wish I had a meringue. I'm so hungry I could eat my bow. I'm so hungry I could eat the leg off Cook's table. There's only one thing to do. We've got to catch something. Catch something? Lulu Bell's eyes widened in horror. You mean kill some creature and eat it? Bones looked puzzled. Why, yes, my lovely. Where do you think them joints of meat come from? I never thought about it. Lulu Bell felt faint. She shivered and licked her cracked paws. Had she done the right thing, running off with a dog she hardly knew? When at this minute she could have been safely tucked up under her rug, eating chocolates. Never mind, me little dumpling. I'll find.